0: So we may have some months we may be twenty five thousand, some months we may be fifteen thousand, some months we may be forty three
1: thousand, some months fifty plus thousand. Welcome to why your podcast isn't growing. A podcast helping coaches, experts, business owners, or independent podcasters who want to do this full time gain clarity around why your podcast isn't growing as fast as you'd like and learn the steps you need to fast track slow and steady growth to gain thousands of new highly engaged listeners. My name is Anthony Moneri, and every single Monday a successful podcaster with tens of thousands of listeners plus and a fully monetized show will leave you a 5-10 to 10 minute voice note sharing their stories, strategies, failures and the mindset needed to grow a successful show. And today is one of those very special episodes. So, I'm going to let S A take it away.
0: Hello, my name is S A Grant. I'm the host of Boss and Cage podcast, but more so the founder of the Boss and Cage. I always say it's a, more so of a movement because we're not just about podcasting. Podcasting is one vehicle that has grown into what we're developing and considering into a education, entertainment, networking empire at scale. More so in the likes of. If you're thinking about Oprah and what she's done, we follow some similarities to her as far as continuing to expand on the media outlet at whole. because podcasting is not limited to just audio. It's not limited to just video. You can do podcasting in magazines. You can do podcasting in books. So again, it's it's taking that content and repurposing it left and right. So because of that mindset of, of not scarcity, more so of abundance, like our downloads in the early years, we didn't even track them. We didn't track them at all year one. And then finally going into like year two, year three, we was averaging somewhere between 10 to 20,000. And we stayed there for a while. And then we started to slowly increase. And then in the last six months, we finally jumped up to about 40 to 50 something thousand downloads on average per month. And again, it's variables, right? So some months we may have 50, some months we may have 40, some months we may even go back down to 25. It's really based upon how we're marketing. And if we do consistent marketing, but the people are interviewing, are they marketing as well too? So I think that's collective. And and as far as the growth of the the podcast, one of the monetization strategies that we implemented was based upon supply and demand. If you have a backlog of podcasts, for us, we have well over 100 episodes of backlog, which kind of puts us at three seasons out, right? So we're on season seven, and we pretty much go up to the end of season nine, beginning of season 10. If I'm interviewing you, and you want to then jump that line and have an expedited episode, much like expedited shipping, much like expedited anything, you have to pay a premium for that. So obviously you have a free version. I think you can pay to play to get expedited, or you can just sign up whenever it's available for you. We'll do the interview and then the interview is going to get released in 18 months. That's one of the multiple different strategies of monetization that we have and that we've developed systems for in our short three to four years. So I would then say, look at podcasting as a strategy utensil, not just a media outlet. I think before I even started a podcast, I decided to go all in. It was a, a journey of creating an agency back in the early 2000s and essentially burning my candlestick on both ends. Unfortunately, I had a stroke in 2018. My girlfriend at the time, who's my wife right now, we had sat down, we're talking about, okay, I made it through this stroke. The road to, road to recovery was pretty much about 12 to 18 months. And I was trying to figure out, like, what was I going to do next? And she looked at me and she was like, why don't you brand yourself? versus branding everyone else like you've been branding everyone else for the past 18 years so I looked at her and I was like okay first of all obviously I'm going to marry you and the second of all let's aim to that so when I came to the conclusion about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it came up with the brand Boston Cage and everything else that went along with that then I was like all right it's time for me to move forward I was already a entrepreneur I already had an agency so when I went into podcasting I went full-fledged I rebranded myself essentially changed my name from chanel grant to essay grant and that same time i became an author from then until now i've authored 10 books and our podcast has been i think right now we're in season seven and we have a backlog goes into the end of season nine so technically speaking, we have enough of a catalog to where i can stop recording today and have episodes all the way until october 27th of 2025. so that's the main reason I i would say diving into it it was just a business strategy and Understanding that business strategy, understanding that model, I wanted to make sure I could execute it at that scale. And in addition to that, I wanted to make sure that moving forward, everything that I had learned in those previous years, it didn't translate into a podcast. So as far as failures go, failures are one of those things to where obviously, I, like considering that I had a stroke, I think that was like the ultimate failure. Considering that I was burning my candlestick on both ends and held dozens of different titles, and I'm not going to really go into like my history of who I am and and how did I get here, but Failure in the podcast, season one, it was 50-50, right? I was more on the borderline of I have my own Rolodex of individuals because I've had a business and I've been been doing networking forever. I've, it was in a agency mindset, worked in insurance. I also had a series six. I worked in travel agency. I worked in so many different sectors that I knew that, okay, I, I could at least get some people to sit up and respond and at least want to be guests on our show. But I also know there was the other demographic of people that will sit down and want to wait to see, well, what is he going to do with this podcast? Is this podcast going to be successful? What am I going to get out of it? And all the other things that unfortunately, the close-minded individuals that are in our world, unfortunately, they just don't get it. So obviously cutting those people loose. And that was part of like my failure and success. Another part of the general failure for the podcast was like season one, I didn't even check our downloads. I know like downloads are something that could definitely help you can make your podcast have monetary gains. But at the same time, I wanted to learn the craft. I wanted to learn the art. So learning that process, it was definitely multiple different failures. There's things that I do now in season seven that I wish I knew to do back in season one. Prime example was onboarding forms. I didn't start doing onboarding processing to where it's fully automated to where it is right now until like end of season two season one was just more so like, I'm hoping and praying that all these emails that I'm sending out and everyone that I'm sending out out of these hundred people, at least some people will raise their hands. And then that kind of turned into a level of reality and failure and success all at the same time. And then going into season two, it was the Rolodexes of the people that I've interviewed. And going into season three, that's when I realized that my first two seasons were absolute failure because I was ignoring emails from what is considered today podcast recruiters. And with those podcast recruiters, they essentially change the entire outcome of our podcast by not having to search for anyone anymore, by not having to do any due diligence on who we was going to interview or sit down and have cold call meetings with these people or do 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, up to an hour, give or take. It's just so much time that can be lost in, in, in doing it that way. So by leveraging I call them assets. That's when I turned that failure into a success. I went retroactively into my email, went backlogged into my first two seasons on all the emails from all the actual podcast recruiters that were contacting me during that time that I didn't know who they were or, or why they were contacting me. And then now when I fast forward, I have about 25 of those individuals that at any given time, they can contact me and say, hey, SA, I have these 15 people or I have these 30 people that are founders of software companies they've sold and bought companies they're highly successful they're multi-millionaires even billionaires at that and now it makes it really easy for me to get to that conversion factor to where I don't have to look for people no more so failures I think it comes with the territory and it more so it comes with a learning curve so from every failure that we've had, we've overcome it. And the way I overcome all my failures today is whatever I'm failing at, I need to figure out a system process and automation to solve that issue. And if I can't figure out system a process or automation to figure it out, then, then I look at, okay, who do I need to hire? And then last but not least, if I don't find that, then it gives me opportunity to go back to the drawing board and see, do I really need to do what I'm trying to do, being that I cannot automate it, being that I cannot systemize, systematize it or being that I cannot find someone to fill in those shoes. And those are the three check boxes that I do when, when we're failing to make sure that moving forward, we have success. How did we get to, to 10,000 downloads, over 10,000 downloads from one, and, and with podcasting, it's like anything else, it, it, it wavers, right? So some months you may have 10, some months you may have 15, 20. So on average, recently we finally hit like the 50,000 downloads per month, right? That's give or take. So we may have some months, we may be 25,000, some months we may be 15,000, some months we may be 43,000, some months 50 plus thousand. And I think that's something that obviously we want to stabilize and go from 50 to 100 to 200,000 downloads per month or per episode. That's all part of learning the art of podcasting and learning the strategies and the marketing that goes behind it. But things that we've done to get there, first and foremost, is the podcast recruiters they kind of market for us indirectly to a target demographic. And by default, that target demographic is usually a high-profile individual that has capital to even invest in themselves through the podcast recruiters to find individuals to find podcasts like ours. So just by doing that, our footprint kind of spreads. And then those individuals, as they come on our show, then obviously they're going to share those episodes as well, right? Another strategy that we've done is we videos as well. But we slice up those videos, we dice up those videos and we make several subsections of those videos, meaning that, hey, okay, this hour long content, what's the core of this content? What's the the, the usual questions that we may ask? So that we create online playlists. And then what my team does is we execute and release new videos to probably two to three videos every single day. So we may take one episode and and chop it up into 50 pieces And to think that we have well over 400 episodes, so we are at the point to where we have content that essentially be re-recycled forever. And then we leverage the YouTube RSS feed. So when we upload this short or this video clip, the RSS feed then goes through a syndication, then goes through a software. That software then delegates the delivery of that video content from YouTube on multiple different social media platforms. So that runs on autopilot. So I think that's another way how we've gotten to to 10,000 And other things too, if this is gonna be video and you're looking at the video behind me right now, you can see that I have merchandising from all different calibers. And we're not just talking about one podcast, we have multiple different podcasts, right? So everything is co-branded, whether it's Boston Cage or whether it's Uncaged Foodies. The Uncaged Foodies logo is, is a rendition of the Boston Cage logo. So we synergize all of our different brand sectors. In addition to that, we go into market sectors to make new products, that you would not think a podcast would have. If you're looking behind me right now, or if you go to store.bostoncage.com, you can see that we have shoes, jackets, hoodies, multiple different sneakers, wine cups, coffee mugs. We have hats. Literally, I think even this week, I decided to then, for the foodie podcast, get into more cosmetics to a certain extent. So we also have soap wash, That kind of goes into the cooking in the kitchen that leads into that podcast. And then obviously when you wash your hands, you get dry hands. So we have soap and we have lotion. And again, all these different factors go into getting to $10,000 because all the the things that we're talking about, whether we're talking about the shoes, inside the shoes is a QR code that's inside the label. Scan that QR code is gonna take you to a link tree. And one of those links on the link tree is for the podcast. If you decide to buy the lotion or or the hand wash, the same exact thing on the side of that bottle, it talks about hundred percent organic. And then there's another QR code. And that QR code then takes you to a link tree that has the podcast, that has the storefront. So we've interwoven all of our marketing strategy collectively between all these different items. And that's why we, we brand the way we brand. In addition to that, books. Every book that I've created, and I've authored 10 books underneath my author name as of so far, but I have at least another 150 books that I could drop at any given time. But every single book that we create, the last four to five pages of those books, it gives offers, there's QR codes, there's definitions, there's, hey, check our podcast. So again, everything that we're creating is 100% working in our favor, whether it's today, tomorrow, or whether I'm dead and gone all these different items are all evergreen items to where the podcast can essentially get the rollover from selling or promoting these items throughout history. How has relationships in podcasting and, and, and outlook changed as we've moved through from startup to show has taken off to what do you want to do right now? So I would think we we are in season seven we're not new to this, right We're not the oldest people in the game, but we have dialed in our our processes and procedures to the point to where when we make a connection to another podcaster, it gives us the opportunity to leverage them as assets and they can leverage us as assets. And it goes from JV partnerships to affiliate partnerships, affiliate marketing. Obviously people have different groups showing up in people's groups, doing um, seminars, webinars, talking on calls, or doing joint venture podcasts. Again, all of these different items go into the marketing strategy. But ideally, you're really building relationships, you have to be on someone's good side, or they have to look at you in a particular light, in order for them to want you to be on their show or want you to be in front of their audience or or want you to co sign on their book, or they want you to be in front of a camera with them in, in front of a podcast. So I would say In podcasting is not a a lonely business. It's a business of opportunity and it's a business of networking. And again, if you're interviewing individuals and you have other people that are also podcasters, then you have two separate individual types to the network through build and scale and also help you through word of mouth. So I think that's definitely one of the things that we've done pretty well. I think we're pretty much flooded at this point in time. So the funny thing is about recording this content I've started recording this content for you maybe, I don't know, like five, six times. And every single time I would record one one question, I would record one answer, and then I would get pulled away. Like right now, I'm, I'm getting dings left and right from Facebook, from LinkedIn. I have meetings later. So again, like finding the time to optimize is just where we are right now. And again, systematize and, and build these operations. I like to be on like live podcast because again, I could just book it and then run with it, right? Versus having to do pre-recorded content. Because unfortunately, that kind of then falls to the wayside. So that's something that I'm working on processing and making sure I can verify that information to make sure I can lock in time to then hold on to these relationships. Because these relationships actually mean a lot to me, considering that where I started to where I am. And also, I want to give back to the community of podcasters, whether it's through education or word of mouth or connect them to the individuals that they're looking for or even sharing guests that we've had before. In any business, and anything that you do, whether it's a YouTube channel, Roku channel, whether it's a newspaper, a magazine, whether it's a new corporation, whether it's a new agency, everything you have to be consistent. And part of being consistent is figuring out your system, figuring out your processes. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. Even with all the successes that I've had with Boston Cage, I have Dark days, like anyone else. Some days I wake up in the morning and I'm in a dark place, and I have to smack the living. I'm not sure if I could curse on this, but I smack the living shit out myself and say, "Okay, you need to wake up. You've got too many things on the burner. Too many things that are going to be highly successful if you continue to keep working at them and keep building the brand and building the umbrella and building the legacy that you've been building for the past three, three to four years." So I would say, like coming back to having a boss and cage mindset, you have to be a boss at all times, whether that's Being a friend to a colleague, whether that's mentoring an actual employee, whether that's doing your due diligence for an interview on a podcast, all of these things go together hand in hand. And you have to have the mindset to when you wake up in the morning until you sleep at night, that's what you're doing day to day. Some days are going to be great. Some days are going to be bad. Obviously, with technology, I hit hurdle on a regular basis because I leverage technology through and through everything that I do. I'm a a technology junkie, to say the least, right? and a futurist at that. So a lot of times things that should work may not work. Sometimes things that did work stop working. And if you're building systems and building processes, which essentially a podcast really is, and you have a system that's dialed in and then part of that system breaks, and then that new broken item becomes a bottleneck for delivery or a bottleneck for quality or a bottleneck for leveraging anything, then that's when you're going to have to dig deep and not go run in a corner and hide underneath a shell, you need to step up to the damn plate and go to bat. And then you're not going to bat just for your company. You're going to bat for yourself. You're going to bat for everyone you've done an interview for. You're going to bat for everyone that's related to the projects, everyone that's related to your company, your employees, your family, your friends, whether they were there for you or not. Ideally, you are being the pinnacle of that brand. And no matter what happens, you have to push through. And podcasting is not a short-term game. It is a long-term game. It is long-term aspects and it's long-term money because you're building assets. Every single time you record a piece of content, that is an asset. Whether you're transcribing it, turning it into a book, taking the clips from the video, turning those into blog posts, Each one of these items are assets that can then make you revenue. It just comes down to you being creative, thinking out the box. And like I said before, if you're looking at a video of what I have right now behind me, why would a podcast even have a damn pair of shoes? Those pair of shoes came from notebooks. Why would a podcast want a notebook, right? So part of what we teach and educate through our academy is taking notes. So we're telling you to take notes. That means you're going to have to buy a notebook. So why would we not create our own notebook to fill that void? And then the other part of creating a notebook or creating a book is what does that look like as far as merchandising? So if you think about Disney, you think about all these different entertainment companies out there, basketball, football, soccer, everything across the board, merchandising is always a huge aspect to that business model. So why not do that in, in, in podcasting as well, too? So we created our notebooks, which you can see behind me. If you can't see behind me, I created 32 variable notes, right? based upon colors, based upon if they're dots, if they're grids, if they're clear, transparent pages, as far as nothing on this page. And then I was like, what would it look like for me to take that notebook and make it into a book bag? What would it look for me to take that notebook and book bag and then make it into a jacket? What would it look like for me to take that notebook, that book bag and that jacket, and then make it into a pair of sneakers? And again, we have 32 different variables. So imagine that if we have 32 options on our shoes, right? We have 32 options. On our book bags right we have 32 options on our coats then you start to get to where everything becomes systematically done at scale to where if someone signs up to be on your podcast or if they're looking for you for a consultation and you maybe send them a free notebook but in the back of that notebook you have the marketing for the podcast you have the marketing for additional merchandise and then that way you can have the trickle effect over a period of time and not all of these are perishable goods, but obviously if you're wearing a pair of sneakers and and they're well-made sneakers and they wear down eventually. And let's say you got three different notebooks. And if you're one of those people that like showcase your fashion based upon what you're wearing, and you also want to be motivated by what you're wearing as well, then it just makes sense in that area of expertise. So that's why I will always say that figuring out podcasting is not essentially just about podcasting. It's about marketing strategies at scale to be able to sell and infiltrate any area of expertise at scale at will you could take any podcast and you can transform it into anything that you desire to do if you just sit down and open up your mind to be acceptive to not extraordinary but unique value propositions that may present themselves to you that you may not have thought about before
1: So if you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more from successful podcasters who've done it, who've been there and done that, who've built up an audience into the thousands, if you want to hear them share their experience with you every single Monday, be sure to subscribe to Why Your Podcast Isn't Growing so you never miss an episode. And on Wednesdays, of course, we're going to help you gain clarity on why your podcast isn't growing and the simple steps you can start taking today to fast track a slow and steady growth, to gain thousands of new highly engaged listeners. My name is Anthony Winnery and you have been amazing. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll see you in Wednesday's episode.